Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Voting began in parts of occupied Ukraine at 8 o'clock local time. The Russian news agency TASS says they began their plan to formally annex parts of their neighbor. Four separate referendums cover four Russian-occupied areas. This kind of voting, shifting the allegiance of territory under military occupation, violates international law and, of course, also Ukrainian law. Independent observers are not on hand for the voting Russia describes, but NPR's Kat Lonsdorf has been talking to people leaving the occupied areas. Uh, Kat, uh, where are you and what did you see? Hey, yeah. So yesterday I was in the city of Zaporizhia. Uh, I was in this giant parking lot that's been set up for months now as a staging area for people fleeing from other parts of Ukraine. And this long line of cars pulled in. It was a convoy full of people and officials started checking their documents. These people were mostly coming from cities like Melitopol and parts of the Kherson region down south. Those have both been under Russian occupation for months. What are they telling you? Every person I talked to said that they finally made the decision to leave as soon as they heard about these referendums. I, I talked to one older couple named Anatoly and Victoria Yermolene. So they told me that they had been waiting, hoping that Ukraine would be able to retake their city. But they said that this referendum was the last straw. They had to leave. They did say that their neighbors stayed behind and their neighbor's plan was to hide if Russian soldiers come to their home to try to get them to vote. Russian soldiers coming to their home. Is that something people are worried about there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what most people said they expected to happen. And and Russian news outlets have reported that that's how they are, in fact, doing this voting paper ballots door to door. I talked to one woman, 67 year old Nanel Lysenko. She's from Melitopol. And she told me that she's originally from Donetsk and she was living there when the referendums happened before in 2014. She told me they were staged, that Russia went to houses, essentially forcing people to vote. She asked me, how can you really vote when they have guns? So it's fair to say, I think, that the people you've talked to don't have any trust in this vote, uh, which helps explain why they're leaving. But is there any support at all for the referendum, for actually becoming a part of Russia? Yeah, I did ask people if they knew of support in the areas they were coming from. And many told me, yeah, of of course, there are people who support this. But they said it's mainly older people, you know, people who have maybe fond memories of the Soviet Union or have been bribed with humanitarian aid or extra pension money. And, you know, the people I was talking to were quick to point out that that kind of support has dropped dramatically, especially after people have been bombed and occupied for the last few months. And it's all part of a larger move by Russia. They passed new laws and are now mobilizing hundreds thousands of uh, men. How do, the, how do these referenda fit in with all that? Yeah, it's still a little unclear, but this could give Russia an argument that these areas are Russian soil, meaning that they would say that any attempt from Ukraine to take these areas back is an attack on Russia itself. Now, to be clear, almost every nation has said they don't recognize these referendums, and neither does Ukraine, obviously, but that won't stop Russia from claiming it. And one more worrying thing, people yesterday told me that all men ages 18 to 35 in their convoy were stopped by Russian soldiers sent back to the occupied territory. One father I talked to said that this happened to his 34-year-old son that morning. I asked him if he was worried that his son would be mobilized to fight for Russia, and he just sighed and said he hadn't even let himself think about that yet. NPR's Kat Lonsdorf reporting from Dnipro, Ukraine. Kat, thanks. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. 
Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.